Coming up this week, off-screen. Horror becomes hereditary. It takes only eight ladies to do the work of 11 men. You funded it, and Meow the Super Troopers are back. We have a sexy party at Studio 54. We wheel out the piano. And visit the Key Armbra. All of us come and more, off-screen. This is... This is off-screen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Welcome back to Offscreen. I'm Van Connor. I am Case Allen. So, Mr. Allen, there's news, there's reviews, there's a box office top five to get through. There's all of our usual filmic meandering. Yeah, there's, there's an Oceans film. There's an Oceans film. Another one, Oceans 4. I wonder how Times many people two. actually think Oceans, Oceans 8 is a prequel. Mm. 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 Yeah, I have mm. seen one or two people on Twitter. I wonder if they're going to make this one a trilogy, because then we could have 9 and 10 without leading oh. to 11, 12, 13. I think that might have been calculated. Oh, I, think. I think so. I think yeah. so. Okay, so before we get to all of the usual fun then, so we need a piece of film news to uh, start off the week. Something to take your breath away. Something to get my beak wet a little. What you got for me? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Iceman. <laughs> Let's let's have a look. We'll see what news we can get. Oh, I know. Val Kilmer's going to be in Top Gun 2. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, first of all, why? Um, I mean, obviously, I get why. why. Because I get kiss, why. kiss, bang, bang. Yeah. Man, yeah. that's great. That's true, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And, but the snowman um, wasn't. No, but no. Val Kilmer's the most, <laughs> most sensitive of all the Batmans. <laughs> what, was Batman. name? what was his name in Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang? Because he, he's gay something. Oh, yeah, he is. Gay what Perry? Is gay Perry? Yeah, Perry? yeah, yeah, it is. The detective. Yeah, the detective Gay Perry. Gay Perry. I love that movie so Me much too. I need to see that again. See it every single Christmas. Oh, I love that film. Yeah, but um, um, famously was in Top Gun 1. Um, had quite the homoerotic uh, volleyball scene. You can be my wingman anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to be again? Excellent. So, wow. uh, this is Top Gun colon Maverick, I believe. Yeah, it's going to be called Top Gun Maverick. Col- colon Maverick. Colon Maverick. Colon Maverick. Well, he's in his late 50s now, Tom Cruise, so he's been a bit of a maverick with his colon at the stage yes, where he's, he not, he's not uh, regularly checked. Yeah, you know? we we have an, exclu- um, an exclusive uh, about the story. It's uh, <laughs> it's just Maverick going for colonoscopy. It's not about drones. It's not about drones. No, it is. But the drones are coming out of a colonoscopy. <laughs> tiny, tiny little anal drones. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, so, Iceman is going to be back. That's the sentence I never thought I would Ex- say again. I know. I had the same thought. Tiny, tiny anal drones. <laughs> so, um, oh dear God, <laughs> the places your mind goes, Alan. Yeah. So, um, we we might get a, a reprisal of the volleyball scene then, just with two fifty-year-old oh, men yeah. this time. But I hope we do it with with like VR headsets. But if you're Val Kilmer, though, why? Why would you return, knowing full well you're basically the same age as Tom Cruise? Mm. Tom Cruise looks like Tom Cruise. You look you like look, Val Kilmer now. Yeah, you you look like an old bag of flour. You look like Tom Waits would envy would would uh, would feel bad for you would feel bad for you and that's yeah. uh, you you look like Aaron Sorkin's chin is falling off <laughs> okay that's cruel enough that is that is cruel enough and I don't I don't want to be cruel because I love Valley Hilmers if you've seen The Snowman he basically plays Tom Waits in that movie it's bizarre yeah you could um, just get Tom Waits I, I saw Tom Waits in a trailer for something I have a soft spot and Tom Waits in a trailer yes 
There's a Robert Redford film, Robert Redford film called The Old Man and the Gun. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. Is that not his final that? acting role with Casey Suppo- Affleck? Supposedly so. Yeah. Not his final one with Casey Affleck. His final one, final one, comma with Casey, with Casey Affleck. Affleck. Yeah. yeah, we're all about the punctuation and grammar today. <laughs> <laughs> colons, commas. Exactly. We got we got colons coming out of uh, colons. our colons. Uh, <laughs> It's nice when we take a week off because we just come back turbocharged, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sharp wit is ever pointier. Um, so before we get to um, our first review of the week then, which incidentally is going to be Super Troopers 2, I'm going to save you the suspense. Huh. Speaking of sharp wit. Um, we've got, we've got to plug the podcast edition to so get the extended version of this. This week we're going to talk about the reissue of The Piano in the uh, in, in the podcast extras. We've got more film news. We've got A Moment of Cage. Is that the film with uh, Harvey Cartel's junk? It is the movie. Well, one, with, of, one of the other films. With, one of the many films. Yeah. With Harvey Cartel liked to get his junk out. He's proud of that junk. I mean, there's there's a really interesting car advert just waiting to happen. Car car insurance advert, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just waiting to happen. Just like... Yeah. Uh, I, I want to know what Quentin Tarantino thinks, because he must have signed off on it. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Do you want to go to Quentin Tarantino and say, hey, we want to make some direct line ads? Yeah. And we I, really I want to like Harvey. words, direct line. Because it is the character. He's not playing Harvey Keitel. He's playing He's Winston, Winston Wolfe yeah. by name. Yes. So they have to have given something to Tarantino. Yeah, must have done. But yeah, well there you go. <sighs> what 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 could, what could you really do with the image of Quentin Tarantino dealing with direct line? I don't know, man. I, I just I want, want, I want I want like Jules and Vincent to show up in like a like a KFC advert or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, want, I, want, to, I want Z and a B and Q advert. <laughs> I just want I just want a KFC advert now where it's like uh, and I want gravy with that. What? Say what again. Just say yeah. what again. <laughs> Burger King, obviously. Oh just, god, yeah. yeah. That is a tasty <laughs> Yes, that would work, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, so podcast edition. More fun. Um this week uh, we're gonna review the piano there, complete with Harvey Cartel's drunk. Uh drunk junk. Um, and then we've got uh, more film news that won't involve Harvey Cartel's junk. And then we've got <laughs> That's what you think. a moment of ca- a moment of cage in which we will finally answer the question, where is Nicholas Cage's Oscar? If you want to know that, you have to download the podcast edition. It's on iTunes, it's on Deezer, it's on uh, TuneIn, it's on what any podcast platform. Do you know what? We've not got the time in the days of real life every yeah, podcast. Just look, look in a drawer, you'll probably find this, a podcast. We've got a podcast recipe, uh, you know, a repository in your kitchen drawer, in the junk drawer. Because we're all about junk. This we're all about, yeah. This, yeah. this episode, sponsored by junk. <laughs> by the way, we actually are open for sponsorship, so never mind. Check so, so, you know, junk.com, give us a call. Junk.com. <laughs> right, so Super Troopers 2. Yeah, so speaking of junk.com. Right, so uh, you haven't seen Super Troopers, I'm guessing. Have you no. Not? Okay, so Super Troopers was a 2001 comedy, a low-budget comedy. Uh, it, its biggest star was probably Brian Cox. Uh, the, the, the Hannibal Lecter one, not the f- things going better one. Mm. Not yeah. him. Um, so the general gist was they were um, highway uh, highway patrolmen. Basically, they were a squad of highway patrolmen in, in I think Vermont, upstate upstate Vermont, and I think the station was threatened with being closed by the, the the town mayor or something, and they had to you know do a big drugs bust and save the save the precinct or whatever it was. Right. It was a forgettable comedy hmm. that really resonated as a cult thing among stoners, for lack of a better term. And it was uh, written and directed by Broken Lizard, who were a comedy troupe who went on to do Club Dread. A Club Dread, yeah, yeah. That's what I remember. Uh, and then they did Beer Fest, um, Slamming Salmon, The Baby Makers. And they've been kind of dormant since. But uh, Jay Shanraskar, who's generally the director of the group, he went off and did Dukes of Hazard a couple of years after Super Troopers as well. Oh, right. Now, many, many, many years later 
because they can't quite pull a clerks to and get studio funding for, you know, a micro-budget sequel, what they've gone and done is crowdfunded it. They crowdfunded this sequel, and it went down really well because it turned out they had that many fans who are clearly former frat boys. And I'm not judging, by the way. I'm one of these people. So, I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't personally <laughs> contribute to the kick, kick, Kickstarter, Kickfunder, kick yeah. crowdfunding kick platform. Kickfunder. Cake funder. Do you want to be my Ooh, cake funder? Fund yeah. my cakes, Anytime. guys. Yeah. Fund me up a carrot cake. Fund me up a red velvet muffin right now. I'll take it at Costco right now, son. <laughs> it's important to have priorities, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so the idea is now, it's many years later, the team have all disbanded. They, they've been shut down in the years since. They've all gone the separate ways. And they are reunited um, when it's discovered that their their old patch, as it were, has in, in the in the process of being rezoned, been reclassified as part of Canada. So, it's now sort of disputed territory. It's Canadian territory that's going to become American. They go there. They they go there as you know to train them up in American law enforcement, as it were. Um, they immediately clash clash with the uh, the local Mountie police. They uh, fall under the uh, auspices of the local you know head honcho businessman played by Rob Lowe because it's a movie in the twenty first century. And who who's standing up Canada? And right. along get Rob Lowe, I, I presume money. Um, <laughs> you crowdfunded him, man. We all did. Um, and basically, they decide at one point to up the ante, as they do in these things. It's same, same exact movie. They've just changed the goalpost a little bit. This one's more about uh, more about weed, for instance, where the other one was, I think the other one was heroin. I'm okay. not entirely sure. Um, and yeah, so we have a sequence here in which two of the officers, uh, Steve LeMay's character and Jason Scar's character, I think father, father and... I forget his name now. They they all blur together. They have decided to dress up as Mounties and impersonate their Canadian rivals, and they have stopped someone uh, for speeding. This is a riff on a gag from the first movie in which they did exactly the same thing in their regular uniforms and just said meow a lot. Uh, here's a clip. God help us. Do neither of you speak English? I do. Um, your papers. We would like to... Eat your papers. Can you show me your party papers? You want they to want see our party papers? The party papers. Oui, yeah. Bon vivant, school de sac, laissez faire chicken cordon bleu. Formidable, baton rouge, noblesse oblige, au bon pain, chateau, maman. Croque, monsieur? Croque, madame. <laughs> no, estupide. Frère Jacques, grey poupon, maquis de sa tourette, whoop. Pedro Duster, croissant, les misérables, fart catcher, look Robert, I d'Artagnan, Perrier, friend Tark, and Don Pinot, Buster, parfait. Eau de toilette. Eau de doudade. You didn't laugh, did you? Yeah. French Canadian. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's really uh, reaching for the highbrows of uh, of the comedic spectrum. This one, um, I'm a fan of Super Troopers, and I struggled with it. I've I've never seen it. Yeah, I'm a fan of Super Troopers. I will make all the apologies for it. Um, it is, you know, it's, it's an enjoyable stone of comedy, as most of the Broken Lizard movies tend to be. Club Dread, I think, is. I seem to remember Club Dread. Club Dread is a lot more rooted in satire than they usually yeah. are. To be honest, that's a lot more unappreciated parody, right. sort of satirical uh, bent to it. Um, this is, for lack of a better term, lazy. Given the chance to effectively do a Clerks 2 mm. and, you know, make a modestly budgeted sequel to an indie yeah. breakout hit and do something genuinely profound with it... Yeah. Clerks 2 really works. Really does, yeah. especially in contrast to its, you know, it, it's, yeah. like its predecessor. Donkey, donkey Show Withstanding. It, it <laughs> donkey works. Show Withstanding. Yeah. Oh, the late, great Roger Ebert there. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. he walked out of that moment. Yes, that he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this just takes the easy way out. I mean, it is... Uh, 
a pretty much a template rehash of the first movie. And you sort of think, yeah, but the first movie was one of those that you watched on DVD multiple times, you know, whilst inebriated with your friends. Mm. So we don't need to see that again. No. Goon 2 did something different to Goon. Clerks 2 did something different to Clerks. This does nothing different. And the humour is a lot flatter than it was before. It's lost a lot of its edge, largely because the genre's moved on a lot since Broken Lizard brought Super Troopers out nearly 20 years ago, 16, 17 years ago. It's not that it's particularly terrible. I mean, I laughed at times, and it's nice to see Broken Lizard back together. Mm. And yet again, you have Jay Shannon Sakaar directing, and it's credited, the script is credited to Broken Lizard. So, you know, which is the whole group. So they've done it as a, as a squad. They do it as a squad, yeah. They, yeah. they, they seem to rotate quite quite often um this is definitely not one of their better films i mean i still think the high watermark of everything they've ever done is the slam in salmon and uh i'm not even aware of that oh my god podcast extras of i got a film to tell you about with the latest film news and reviews this is off screen the on-screen radio show and we're back, Mr. Allen. So, um, here's a film I'd never heard of, and I'm sure I should have heard of it. Uh, Mediterranean. Oh. No, no, no okay. I'm, I'm not familiar with that either. What with this, with this Top Gun? Is that some kind of Iron Eagle spin-off or something? No? No. No, no fair no. enough. Could be. Louis Gosselin, Louis Gosselin Jr. needs to work, I tell you. <laughs> anyway, um, so there was a film a few years ago, uh, Mediterranean, by uh, Jonas uh, Carpignano, and uh, Italian filmmaker, and, uh, well, he's got another film. Oh. And I haven't seen Mediterranean. This apparently serves as a sort of a follow-up to it. Now, I haven't seen Mediterranean, and I very much liked the film, so I, you know, I'd imagine it's not really essential viewing. Maybe I would have thought it was mind-blowing mm. if I'd seen Mediterranean, but I have not. So, Akiambra, which is being released as The Kiambra in the UK. What does um, that translate to? Do you know what? I don't know. I thought it was the name of the place, but the place is apparently Calabria. How is it? Kiambra. So C I A M B R A. I have tried. It doesn't seem to come up. Anyway, um, the the word I believe might be uh, might be Roma, R- Romani. Uh, is it Slo- okay. Slovakian? Is it Slovakian they speak? It is. Yes. I think it is. It is. Might be a Slovakian word. It is about a fourteen-year-old uh, Romani boy who lives in on the outskirts of the city. Lives amidst poverty. He lives amongst racial tension. Um, an undercurrent of criminality is just a, a way of life. In, and he, he has an older brother who uh, is effectively the breadwinner for the family. He is locked up in a sort of in, in basically as a bystander of uh, you know something he's happening present for. Uh, nothing to do with him. He's taken away. It is left to the 14-year-old brother, Pio, who's actually played by Pio Amato, who was in Mediterranean. Mm. It's fallen to 14-year-old Pio, who, you know, drinks, he smokes, he wears a trendy uh, Adidas jacket, etc. He's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. It's fallen to him to be the breadwinner for the family. And what you basically get is something like this boy's life. Um, and, and I say that, bearing in mind that yesterday afternoon after I saw this, I came away and thought, oh, wow, that film's just like if you took the child seduced into the life of crime bit from the beginning of Goodfellas, right? And you made right. that into a movie all of its own. And he thought, yeah, that's that's this boy's life. That's literally that movie. That is the film. Yeah. So that's kind of what a camera's like, kind of without the hmm. dad element, as it were. Although he has paternal figures, and it is about the way in which he is manipulated by certain factions, and the way he feels more at home with others, and even though they are, quote-unquote, not his kind, etc., uh, young young love blossoming against the uh, the criminality going on, things like that. It is uh, a coming-of-age story in the, the truest old-fascist, you know, old-fascist uh, sense possible. I almost said old-fascist then, didn't I? <laughs> I thought that's what you did. Yeah. 
old-fashioned-ist, old-fashioned-ist sense imaginable. Um, Great direction, really atmospheric, and you really got a sense of this world and what it's like to to not so much live in it, but move through it. And because the living in it is is is, you know, we're presented with quite a harsh sort of day to day life. But there are scenes in it that really do inject heart and do inject warmth. And there's um, a sequence that has to be improvised. Has to because uh, Carpenino's uh, written and directed this, but there's, for instance, early on a dinner scene in which a whole family is gathered together in a very small kitchen, and they're just having this discussion as they're eating, and in that typical family way, this conversation just turns into a shouting match of mm. not an argument, but just people shouting to be heard over one another, and it's, a, it's just a really great moment that just just crystallizes exactly what makes yeah. the film so great that sort of level of humanity that's in it that in, that improvise you can't script it kind of thing there's just a a sense of the human to it uh, but the central performance by Pio Mato I think is absolutely terrific a really really great turn mm. by this young you know how, how, how old did he say he was uh, he's he's playing 14 he looks younger than that wow. But he just looks like a proper tween. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm just going by the Disney, just a Disney proper Channel. Tween. Proper tween. Disney Channel version of a tween. But, uh, yeah. that's, that's a bad name. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really solid, grounded, gritty drama. I thought it had everything going for it. Uh, I knew nothing going into it. Came away, big fan. And cool. uh, if I ever get a chance to see Mediterranean now, I will. If you've seen Mediterranean, presumably it's at least as good as this, and you'd know uh, what you're in for. But uh, So I'm going to pass it over to you then for a, a piece of film news uh, very quickly. Um, it's been a fun week. Thank you very much. Fun it, for the whole family. Really yeah. <laughs> so what, what has happened? I hear you all ask. Well, apparently Warner Brothers have imploded. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Keitel's going to jail. <laughs> there's, there's been a couple oh. things. Did you say Harvey Keitel's going to jail? Did you not hear this? No, 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 sorry, not, not jail, sorry, no, no. Harvey Cartel is being charged. He, he is, did, you know, none of this. He's we not, were just talking about his junk earlier. No, 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 Weinstein, Weinstein, not Cartel. Oh. Sorry, sorry, my bad, my bad. Wrong Harvey. Wrong Harvey, oh. I was about to say, jeez. Don't take Winston Wolf from us, we've just got him for direct line. <laughs> Although if we're talking I'm just about, getting a new car, car quote. If we're talking about new people getting caught in uh, Me Too, by the way, that we should mention in the, since we've been on last, uh, Morgan yeah, Freeman. Yeah. Don't feel good about talking about it, but no. we got to Me neither. Yeah. Should, should we just say... I mean, we're, we are now at a point where we are we are charging God. We are. We yeah. are literally now at a point... Yeah. Yeah. It's true, isn't it? I mean, what I want to know is, if you charge Morgan Freeman, right... What happens five or six years from now when we have the you know the documentary about the Me Too scandal? Who narrates Who's it? Who's going to narrate it? Yeah, who narrates it? Because it had to be Morgan Freeman, and now it can't be. I tell you, a penguin. We flip it. We flip it on his head. <laughs> flip it on his head. <laughs> Get down to veto. He was the penguin. You've really taken this to a dark extreme. <laughs> have this for a segue. So it looks like Batfleck is gone. Is he? Apparently. Okay. There's a lot going on at Warner Brothers, though. There's, let's just let's quickly quickly dive in, okay. and then we can talk about it a little bit more in podcast section because there's so much to talk about. All right, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I really I'm going to need time for the next one. But go on. Okay. Go. Um, yes. Uh, apparently, according to the trades, uh, Matt Reeves' script for Batman focuses on a younger Batman. Ooh. Yeah. So those Jake Gyllenhaal rumors could be true, but I don't think it will be Jake Gyllenhaal. Probably not. I feel like yes, he was probably courted, but mm. the fact they're looking at someone younger. I mean, Bat Batfleck's not gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he, yeah, he's too he's too old. He's got too many back tattoos. <laughs> dragons or whatever they are. Dragons, a two-headed dragon. Are we with 
Yeah, we have some Boston street gang tattooed on his. Have, have, you, seen, have you seen his weird, weird like middle age, midlife uh, crisis tattoo that he got recently? Uh, because I'm Batman. I don't know. No. I oh, you need to look at this. Oh no, I did. I thought that was it's, made it's, up. It's like a phoenix or something. Is it? I thought that was made up. I think it's real. I saw a picture. I thought it had been photoshopped or something. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but, uh, it's got two heads. One's got uh, Jennifer Lopez. The other one's got Jennifer Garner. Dear God, is that real? Well, that's that's a lie, but you want it to be. 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 The Dragon of Gens. Oh, oh that's a that's an infamous. What? No one thinks it's odd that Ben Affleck almost exclusively goes after women named Jenny. Interesting. I mean, yeah. just saying. Yeah, and, Jenny, and if and if they're not, he gets them to change their names. Well, I'm just saying. If I were Jenny, that Agatha, is a rumor. Right I'd be, uh, I'd be, war- I'd be loading, I'd be arming myself and preparing. Yeah, just so. her, her Jen- <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, yeah. It's like Jennifer Lawrence. We'll, we'll move on. All, 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 the, all, gens. Team, all the gens, all the gens, all Team J. All the gens. Anyway, so, there's not any gens in Ocean's Eight, is there? Are they not? I don't, I don't that so. is funny. Hang on, but, Let's see, uh, I can't. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It was an amazing segue. Go on. Ocean's 8. <laughs> <laughs> so Ocean's 8 is here, and you might have heard of it because it's been on a bus or two. <laughs> um, this is, as you may very keenly be aware, the it's a spin-off of the Ocean's trilogy, a spin-off of Ocean's 11, 12, 13, uh, this time focusing on an exclusively female roster of, of criminals um, led by Debbie Ocean, played yeah. by Sandra Bullock, who is the youngest, so, yeah, the youngest sister of Danny Ocean. Played by George Clooney, famously, but he's not in the, in the film. Don't don't go into this thinking this is going to have all the oceans lot turn up. Mm. Okay, that there's a that'll, that'll happen in a future one. I'm oh, sure. No, no, yeah. there's, there's 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 nods and winks. There's there's a couple little nods that's, and winks good. to yeah. oceans. This is in the world of oceans. They're very clear about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very specific that this is taking place in that universe. No Andy Garcia though. I'm sorry to oh. burst your bubble there. After watching Book Club, I'm ready to just <laughs> just give you life to marry him right now. Yeah. Right. So the idea is Debbie Ocean unites a team of misfit criminals that includes Orkafina, Sarah Paulson, Kate Blanchett, Rihanna, Mindy Kaling. Um, Rihanna is how you actually Re- Rihanna. Rihanna, I believe, is how okay. kids pronounce her name. Sorry, uh, uh, my apologies to Rihanna. Um, <laughs> in, a, in a romp written and directed by Gary Ross, I believe Steven Soderbergh is connected to it in, in development in some way. He, Has he he's, had a he's, he's a EP, I think. He's an EP. Well, yeah. the screenplay is credited to his wife as a co-writer. I refuse to believe that he's not had an input in it. Right, this is like the Logan Lucky thing, isn't this it? This is. Well, like, we had a scene yeah. In, yeah, so we don't yeah, want to yeah. get into it. The idea of this heist is to steal a $150 million necklace from the neck of Anne Hathaway, a gullible actress at the Met Gala. Uh, we have a clip. The clip is, I'll just warn you, because there are not many clips available for this. This is basically just Debbie Ocean's parole hearing. Good afternoon, Miss Ocean. As you know, parole is a privilege. It's a mistake, uh, but it it happened. And um, if I were to be released, I would... um, I would just want the simple life. I just want to hold down a job, make some friends... Pay my bills. I mean, here's the thing. Ocean's Eleven. I mean, do you, I mean, do you remember back when Ocean's Eleven opened? I do. I remember going to see it at... I can't remember if it was Virgin Cinemas or UGC at the time in Sheffield. Yeah, I think it was UGC. Had a, had a grand old time. Had a big bag of Galaxy Minstrels. 
It was fun, yeah, wasn't it? It was fun, it was slick. Yeah, it, I, I watched it last week as yeah. well in preparation for it. It holds up as well. It's it, a film it does, does surprisingly. Yeah, I, I mean, Don Cheadle's accent notwithstanding does hold up. He's, he's, in, uh, he's in a lot of Barney, isn't he? he yeah, yeah, total yeah. Barney. Yeah. <laughs> it's only nosed it up. Only nosed it right, right up. <laughs> oh, Barney. God. Barney Rubble. Trouble. <laughs> right. So the sequels were terrible. The sequels, 11, uh, sorry, 12 and 13 are. I've actually not seen 13. Right. 12 is, is abysmal. 13 yeah. is better than 12, but not by much. Mm. And uh, I think there's a fake nose on, Man- on Matt Damon's sequence that just just beggars belief. This is a lot more to the quality standard of the first movie, but it does have that same feeling that the Ocean sequel had of simply being unrelated movies that have then been just had a, a line changed here or there to tie them back yeah, into the Ocean universe. Some connective tissue, kind of like the way that we have Die Hard sequels. They're just generic action movies, and then they just and, write and John McClane into them. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Ocean sequels were made like this. This feels the same. This does feel like there was a girl heist movie, and then someone thought, yeah, but wouldn't it be funny if it was Ocean. Ocean's Ladies? Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Um, I mean, the hardware side of the original movies, you know, we have to break into this building to jack into this cable to override this curious and do all that. Interestingly enough, all of that seems to have been ditched because it's now 2018. Yeah. So you've basically got Rihanna and her laptop um, exclusively handling the tech side. So a lot more of it is devoted to that Thomas Crown style, mm. you know, sleight of hand, duck behind the column at the right minute when yeah. the security camera turns kind of thing. Have we still got, like, each person's got their own skill set every, kind of thing? Every single, yeah. So, yeah. for instance... That's, uh, that's definitely my favourite aspect of Yeah, there's literally... Tra- there's one of the trailers that just gives... Is their identity... Is their, their, their jobs as yeah. the trailer. So, just to pick one or two, for example, uh, Sarah Paulson, for instance, who's like a suburban mom now, yes. and they sort of draw her out of retirement. And, by the way, that 50s housewife chic thing... Yeah, yeah, Sarah Paulson, she's got that down. Working. Really, working she's, she's working it. She's working it. Um, I mean, this, that's my American horror story. Anyway, um, <laughs> so she's like the fence. And then you've got Mindy Kaling, who's, she's like a fence and a forger. Mindy Kaling, I think, is a forger as well. Uh, uh, Orkafina is the street hustler, you know, the, the, right. the, the, the shell game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can guess oh, where her skills yes. come into play, for example. Um, there is fun to be had. It's a bit hollow. It's a bit style over substance but the original Ocean's Eleven remake original yeah. remake I don't know yeah. Uh, yeah the Ocean's Eleven remake was like that anyway it's about as fun as that was um, the I, I would say as far as a gender flipped remake goes this is a lot more successful than for instance Ghostbusters it's getting compared to that a lot obviously for an obvious reason um, but I would say it's it's very strange that the film mm. itself doesn't doesn't really harp on about the fact that they are all women no. I mean it comes up once or twice but you know then uh, you spend a couple of minutes hating James Corden and then you spend a couple of minutes thinking Richard Armitage is a bit cool isn't he oh so he is in it Richard Armitage is in it because he is like absent from all the trailers don't want to go into any plot details okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to do with it but right. uh, Business Notions moving so much of it is built on that twist thing and, is yeah. Damien Lewis in it? Because he, I think he was he going to be in at one point. He or? was going to be the Richard Armitage role. Oh right, and then Richard Armitage and, and then right, and then stepped sense, out. Yeah. But okay. uh, uh, because I don't know if you've seen the tweet this week that came out. Uh, there was a tweet from some uh, female US critic who saw the film and mm-hmm. bemoaned this no-name white guy as this character. Like that would have been so much more impressive. Oak and Shield. I know. And she complained, wouldn't it have been so much better if it had been someone known like a Chris? And Richard like Ar- a Chris. And Richard Armitage brilliantly replied with, uh, actually, there was someone uh, more famous than me who was set to take it, and then there were scheduling conflict, uh, conflicts. But, uh, hey, I'm cheap. 
So, you know what? That level of humour, that's pretty well much... Well done, Vic Ridibly's husband. Well done. <laughs> exactly. Well done. Uh, completely forgotten the name of Spook's character. <laughs> Lucas North, I think it was. Um, but that, that level of humour, I would say, is in keeping with the film itself. Yeah. Um, see it, you'll have a good time. It's one of those, it's a slick high thriller. You know, a slick comedy high thriller. And also, you will come away from it thinking, I just want to dedicate my life to worshipping Kate Blanchett now. And, and Kate Blanche. Her collection of just insanely awesome outfits. Mm. I feel, I want to see a movie in which Diane Keaton and Kate Blanchett are mother and daughter, and it's a oh, competition. A competition about who's better dressed. That's what we need. We need Carol too. Is what we need. That's what we need. We yeah. need Carol too. This time it's mom. With the latest film news and reviews. This is off screen. The on screen radio show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, uh, box office top five? Why the hell not? Number five. The Fantastic Infinity Guardians and the Dawn of Futures League. <laughs> that was a good one, actually. Thank you very that, much. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Infinity War, um, what's left to be said? What what really can you can you possibly say about this now? I'm we're, we're six weeks away from this being released on DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah, we are, and it's, it's still out of cinema. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking about seeing it tonight actually because oh. I still want to see it for a third time. Well, it, it crossed two billion, didn't it this week? Yeah, it's done it now. So, yay. Yay. so that's, that's four. That's four films, isn't it? Four, is films, it four films. Four films have now made two billion. So um, why are they? This made? Star Wars and two Jim Camerons <laughs> walking to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, fact, Titanic Avatar. Am I right in thinking Titanic didn't make two billion until they reissued it in three D like three years ago? Oh, possibly. Yeah. Like it was something like a hundred million short, and mm. then they reissued it in three D. The film actually crossed and, two billion. Uh, yeah, and obviously it's been adjusted for inflation. Yeah, and, yeah. and um, it's an interesting case that one, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, I, I really want the Avatar sequels to just flop, <laughs> just to teach him a lesson. Yeah, get back to making films, Jim. Yeah, come on. Go in your submarine and go away. Could have made a perfectly good Aquaman movie, Jim. Come on. He could have done. He really could have. Could have done. He could have. He's already technically done it once. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, I love Infinity War. You love Infinity War. Uh, someone apparently, according to Twitter, loved Infinity War 42 times. Um, this, this 42? Actually, that got tweeted out by, I think it was Marvel, actually, that tweeted that out. Well, someone's like 42 times. Someone had actually seen it 42 times and had, like, provided the ticket stubs to prove it. Mm-hmm. You know. So, and say, say they spent $10, $10, $10. A time, yeah. $10. Yeah. yeah. That's 420 for the Marvel Bank Hall and, uh... <laughs> And thank you. <laughs> and do a your change. So, do we have a tweet? Do you know what, Can we have one episode where we have a, where we don't have a Simpsons quote? We'll, we'll, we'll have to try. We'll have to try. What, 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 what is this? You've never heard this. Ooh. This is what happens when you read la, a tweet out in la, the edit. La, 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 la. Big fan of this. Oh. So, go on. What's the tweet? <clears throat> right. At Voodoo Blue. Voodoo Blue. Oh, like oh, that. Big fan of that. Or Voodoo Flu, if you will. There's only one thing that would make Infinity War better. Hawkeye. Slash Ronan. Number four. Book Club. Which we saw together. We had a grand old time. It's great. I think I think when I menstruate now. But um, <laughs> it's good. It's um it was it was interesting. We were two of the youngest people in that screening. Yeah. Oh, um, well, three. We were three my, of the youngest my, my people. Wife, yeah. And there was uh, my sort of aunt, who I think was one of the youngest people on the screen, <laughs> despite being in her late fifties. Yeah. And um yeah, it was a great time. We had so much fun watching that. <laughs> Laughing, it was awesome. Because I think we were watching it with its core audience. Um, if it was just like 
us, just the three of us, we would have enjoyed it much less. But seeing it with like, but it did still have a great sense. I think we still would have laughed a few. Oh yeah, times, definitely. But, but I think that laugh was infectious to seeing it. it as well. Seeing it with like eighty people of an age <laughs> of age eighty. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, that was fun. That was fun. I I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was slightly more risque than I expected. Actually, at times. Oh and, yeah, definitely. Uh, it was. It was all the happier to be so. Mm. So, um, do we have a tweet? Yes, we do. Oh, I love this music, man. You, you really never heard this on any of the edits back. I don't like listening to my voice. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair. so unless you can find me with like an edit that's just you, I'm probably never going to listen. <laughs> well, we can now. We have our tracks, but go on. At uh, Entertain Ecam says, Book Club is a hilarious and matter-of-fact film. <laughs> is it? Um, about living your twilight years with passion and... Is it is it Vivre? Vivre. 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 See, I know the world. As in Joada. Joada Vivre. I've just never seen it written down. No, no. And, uh, anchored by an amazing quarter, uh, quartet of legendary actresses, uh, Candy Spurgeon's monologue about love made me tear up. At, at Book Club, hashtag Book Club, hashtag Book Club Film. I have the feeling she really wanted that to be seen. I think so. Number three. <laughs> nah. It's fine. It is, isn't it? Do you know what it is? It's not that it's just fine. You actually think the film is pretty good. I think the film is pretty good. Do you know what it actually is? We're bored of Deadpool. Yeah, probably. I I think that's it. And that's not a reflection of the character. I think it's... We have this a lot with superhero movies, Hmm. where I think Wonder Woman was a very good example, where after about a month of it, you were just kind of tired. Yeah. And I I went around a friend's house, for instance, when Wonder Woman was out, and he wanted to show me some Wonder Woman thing. I went, can we not? (laughs) I'm I'm probably done. Yeah. I I guess I do know it. Can we not? Because I've I've reviewed Wonder Woman, I think it was four times in in its opening week. I've done four reviews. I kind of bored of the sight of her. I mean, I love you know Gal Gadot and all, you know, and I could I could, Gal Gadot. you know, I I could enjoy the sight of Gal Gadot forever. But mm. I'm just sick of the image of Wonder Woman. Can I wait till the next film now? And Deadpool's kind of reached that stage for me. It's fine. It's fun. It's good. It's a perfectly fine sequel. I would just argue that it's perhaps not as evolutionary a sequel as it should be, or at least it's evolutionary in the wrong direction. Mm. It's slightly too much plot and character for a film that really actually would be better off. Going further away from that. Yeah. Still, Peter. Peter's good. Peter's great. I love Peter. We love Peter. So over to you, sir. At Morrissey Mojo says, I finally got to see hashtag Deadpool 2, and I feel brand new. Wow. What? And I feel brand new. I feel brand new. Wow. Um, thank you uh, at Van City Reynolds. So that's Van Reynolds' uh, yes, yes, it is. Twitter hashtag. Um, In case we forget uh, where he comes from anytime soon. Yes, uh, uh, Quebec. Is he um, from Vancouver? Or is he just because he was Van Reynolds? No, 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 no I, think, I think so. Yeah, okay, I think he, right. yeah. Uh, the baby leg scene had me laughing so hard, my wife was embarrassed. Fair. Mm. Number two. So I have a thing about this film now that it's been a few weeks I've seen it. Okay. The focus really should have just been about the Castle Run. Uh, the Castle Run should have been something different and we should have just called it Castle Run. Right. I enjoyed it. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you for a specific reason. Despite enjoying it, perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly um, fine. <laughs> perfectly Ron Howard. Despite that, it's the very, very first time ever that I have seen a Star Wars movie once, when it was being press shown or opened or whatever, walked away from it, and a week later, honestly couldn't tell you what happened in the plot specifics. Can't can't remember. Can't remember what was he, what were they what were they heisting? What were they traveling? Yeah, can't there's, there's some oil MacGuffin or some something fuel like that, isn't it? Car, yeah. Carmaxium, Calaxium, 
Something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Braxian? And then they, they do T- a- Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton. He's got to get 50,000. my heart. Tony Braxton. Yes. That's, the song, that's it. That's the song that plays in the Falcon once they put the droid's brain in there. Say You Love Me Again. Yeah, I get that. I, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. Credits. Ron yeah. Howard. <laughs> Tell you. That man's got a beautiful mind. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you love me a little now, don't you? Oh, anyway. I really um, do. Perfectly oh, fine. Perfectly fun. That, in the moment. that joke landed with a splash. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what a rush. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm just really trying to think of an yeah, Apollo 13 yeah. one there. <laughs> it was not happening. How can I get Willow into this? I need to, oh, yeah. you're in full-blown Arrested Development. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, and we're done. We're done. Okay, yeah. so um, fine, fun, enjoyed it. It's the, I think it's, you know, the worst of this current crop of Star Wars movies, but I do think they're all good. Yeah. Some um, of them are going to be better. Some of them are going to be worse. Yeah. This is the tenth one now. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, and also enough of this. We want the Star Wars. We want nonsense. Nobody actually wanted a Han Solo movie. Huh? I'm sorry, it was never going to be a thing. I mean, Nobody... when, when when Han Solo didn't want a Han Solo film, that's when <laughs> that's when we were like, yeah, that's right. it. the actual Han Solo guy didn't want to be Han Solo no. half the time. So, has anyone tweeted hate or or love? So Harrison Ford says, <laughs> um, at uh, Bitchy in the Berg. Well, that's good, I like right, that. Okay, I don't know what it means. That but sounds I, like the name I of the like journal, it. Bitchy in the Berg. Bitchy in the Berg. Newspaper column. Yeah, like a, a, Pittsburgh like, newspaper a, column. Like, a like a carry from Texas City. Yeah, 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 Bitchy yeah. in the Berg, yeah. Right. Uh, just saw a hashtag solo movie, and it was really good. Um, at Alden Ehrenreich, I didn't know that he had a Twitter. Okay. Good for him. Really getting his name out there. That no one can pronounce. Well, he can't. He can't get two thirds of his tweets because no one can spell his. No one can spell his name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, did an amazing job. Um, I love the hashtag Chewbacca hashtag Han Solo backstory. That is a friendship like no other. However, Harrison Ford, LA. I didn't realize that he was on Twitter. Okay, I need to get back on Twitter. Uh, will forever be my Han. Hashtag Star Wars. Hashtag friendship goals. That sounds very lonely, doesn't it? Number one. Life. Uh finds a way. Jeff finds uh, three minutes. Jeff and the dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum finds uh, three minutes in which to be in a film. Yeah. yeah. Y- you've seen the film, uh, presumably, now. Yes, I saw, it, I saw it day release because I literally... Oh, you saw it a couple hours before me, actually. I had nothing yeah. to do. It wasn't even that I was excited. I was just like, eh. Can we just agree that like Jeff Goldblum's utterly wasted in the film? Yeah. It's like, a cameo at best. Is it- that's not even a cameo. He's, he's got to he's got to be in for whatever the next one is. Because otherwise, be. what is the point? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, he's he's been out on press for it as well. I know. Here's the thing: I would compare Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom to Solo in that I would say I enjoyed it perfectly fine in the moment. Mm. A week later, I have to genuinely strive to remember what the actual individual bits of the plot were. Yeah. Um, and didn't gain anything particularly from having seen it, and. I'm, I'm sorry, but it does, and this is a franchise complaint. This film does highlight the gaping flaw in the whole series to date, which is very simply, it seems to be built atop this idea of let's set up an idea for a future one and then mm. do nothing with it. And this movie, for instance, without giving the spoiler, there is a post-credits sequence. Oh, was there? Yes, there was. Uh. Right. That is literally kind of like a single shot. 
Now, that single shot, which contains no dialogue, sets up an entire potential other film down the line. Now, you've seen... You can, you can tell me afterwards, because I, yeah, I didn't... You, I didn't well, you've seen the actual film, so you know from the ending of it roughly what that plot's going to be anyway. Yes. The yeah. thing is, the way it's set up in that post credits you know will never happen. Just as you know that um, the end of Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 3, when the ter- Pteranodons were flying towards the mainland, never happened, because we never got a Jurassic World that opened with the mainland being under siege from flying murderers. Mm. They don't follow plot elements up. Whatever happened to that shaving can? It's a series that sets <laughs> up plot elements and then never does anything with them. I will tell you why we never saw that shaving can. Nobody cared. <laughs> Just, you know, it was a better excuse for a sequel than we lost our parasailing divorcee child. Okay. Johnson, we got Johnson over here. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, if you're going to subject me to a, se- yeah. a sequel in which all I'm trying to do is find the divorced Spielberg kid, then, oh my God, yeah. you know, we're talking hey, raptors. Bill, and- Bill Macy needs work, man. Only thing I remember from that movie. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Only thing I remember from that movie, Alan. Yeah. Alan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I think you can really see why Universal wanted J.A. Biona to do the first one yeah. to kick it off. Because, yeah. honestly, I think direction's great in this. That's and it. I think, I I think, think he's the best amazing. thing about it. I yeah, think. absolutely. Far mile, there's yeah. some amazing shots in it. There's just, yeah, there's some great action in it. The story's absolute bonkers. It's just... <laughs> it goes everywhere, doesn't it? Naff, yeah. Here's what I would say in comparison. I would actually describe it as a slightly more gothy Lost World. Yeah. That's basically what I'll say. So, yeah. it's Lost World, but listen to The Cure. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. So, has anyone tweeted? Yeah, at Robert Smith from The Cure. So. Um, <laughs> at Bobby Smith Cure. <laughs> oh, come on. This is a great Twitter handle. Go off, go At Megs and Bacon. Yes! Love it. Is, is it a woman named Meg? Yes, it is. Excellent. Yes, it okay. is. Um, I cried so much in hashtag Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Too long as well. Too long of a title. Oh, yeah. You should have just called it Jurassic Kingdom. Yeah, actually. I was yeah. saying that for like a year. Yeah, or Jurafivic. Jurafivic, yeah. It, <laughs> missed opportunity. Um, it was everything I imagined and so much more. Well, you obviously have got the imagination of like an old quiche. And I mean, Basically, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, unfortunately. So, um, well, on to our, uh, our, our uh, next review then. We've got to talk really quickly mm. about uh, Studio 54. Um, Mike Myers. Well, that's the thing, because I saw it, I'm thinking, really? Did, I feel like we only had a movie about 54 not so long back. And then I looked into it and found out it was 20 years yeah. ago. It was 1998. It was 20 years ago. It was the only time Mike Myers ever tried dramatic acting, apparently. Although Bohemian Rhapsody's later this year, so... Um, Inglourious Bastards. Oh, yeah. Would you say that's dramatic acting? Because I'd argue that he was playing he was playing that satirically. Yeah. yeah. I forgot that he's involved in Bohemian Rhapsody until but, right uh, now. Yeah. He's in as well. He's the manager, isn't he? Yes, yes. Have you seen the trailer for, um, is it called The Terminal or just Terminal or? Terminal with Margot Robbie. Is he in that as well? He is, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of like heavy makeup and prosthetics, but yeah. So, um, basic, uh, standard remit. It is the story of, uh, Studio 54. Yeah. It is the, you know, the nightclub that lasted 33 months. Cocaine for everyone. We forget that as well. We forget mm. that nightclub lasted for 33 months. Wow. And that that was actually deemed something of a record. That was great if it lasted for 54 months. It would have been, wouldn't be, it? Uh, um, but you know, it had its own brand that went with it. It was kind of like, kind of like the Playboy Bunny logo had the 54 logo. It became a club for complete excess. The general public could go to it if they were deemed sexy enough to be let in. Uh, but it was a place for celebrities, for, um, you know, 
there's the socially active dance scene contingent of mm. gay culture and and the trans community and uh, vaudeville performers and and it's basically it's the, the rise and fall of Studio 54. We have a clip that's uh, going to set up the uh, somewhat disco tone very nicely. We both came from Brooklyn. They had this understanding that they were getting out and they were going to do something big together. We wanted the ultimate nightclub. Beautiful models, celebrities with gay men, transgenders, and it all started blending. A world fantasy that absolutely exploded. Sex was in the air. There were mattresses in the basement. The amount of drugs was profound. Everyone felt like they had to be there. The people started to get angrier because they couldn't get in. You can't have this much popularity without somebody wanting to take it down. And then obviously oh, that right. comes. Right, the tagline for Storm needs to be Sex in the Air, Matches in the Basement. That, that needs, would that be, needs to be the it? tagline. Um, I'm not sure what the tagline actually is. I mean, first of all, I love this. I had a lot of fun with it. Mm. I will admit, it's a little bit of a shallow documentary. Um, once you start thinking about, for instance, very obvious lies that are told and things like that. I mean, there's, there is a criminal allegation that is denied in the most ludicrous sort of display that you just start thinking, it's been like 30 years. Did you, you see know. that ludicrous display last night? <laughs> exactly. But there's loads of moments like that. And obviously Steve Rebell is no longer around with us. He's who Mike Myers played in Institute 54. Um, and you do discover exactly how much of a great impersonation Mike Myers did, by the way. Right. Like it was actually a really good Spot performance. On. Um, the film is just, it, it's this great sort of throwback, retro, fun, you know, kind of an A&E, bi- A&E biography kind of a piece. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I found myself dancing in my seat. I was intru- I was interested in the story because it's always fascinated me anyway. Um, I would say it's, it's certainly going to shed a lot more light on things than, for instance, the, the narrative film from 1998. I rewatched the film last night, by the way. It's rubbish. It is a dumpster fire. Mm. Um, and, you know, with Ryan Felipe playing, playing a 19 year old uh, you know uh, bus boy because that's totally believable anyway um that's the thing though I, I just I went in it's like 90 minutes I had a grand old time with it I danced a sang I whooped cheered you know I, I met some characters you know through yep. this story <laughs> that uh, I didn't know existed and uh, you know there's lots of celebrity talking heads archival pieces things like that it is a lot of fun it is worth checking out um, never ever watch 54 the narrative film but definitely definitely check okay. out Studio 54 the documentary okay take take those words with you as sacrosanct with the latest film news and reviews this is off screen the on screen radio show and we're back for our one last ride. Yeah, so Mr. So I'm, I'm here with Vin Diesel. <laughs> one, one line, for, one news piece, one line, one news yeah. piece for me. Well, we, we would briefly talk about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. We were. And okay. uh, he said and Mike Myers. Mike Myers, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, there were some issues of uh, the director. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. attendance. Attendance is yeah, an issue. Yeah, that was something, yeah. He had, he had personal issues. Personal, there was something issues. going on with family. He was not granted a leave of absence. And uh, what's what's the studio for it? Fox. Is it, is it Fox? It's Fox. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. He he left the project. Um, yeah. But apparently, he yeah. is going to be the credited director. He is because Dexter Fletcher took over Stepped for the in. last yeah. sixteen days of filming. I think it was. Yeah. But De- Dexter Fletcher was going to do it before Brian Singer. I don't know. Which what is he going to do with Ben Whishaw? Wasn't he? 
Yeah. Go on point. And, and in a way, I kind of wish that that's the version that we had. I feel like I would have accepted a fluffy film from Dexter Fletcher, whereas with Brian Singer, I feel more disappointed. I, I don't think it would have been fluffy, though, no. with Dexter Fletcher, no. I mean, we've only got months, mere months to find out. Is it, so. is it November? It's November, I yeah. believe. But um, yeah, Dexter Fletcher has said now um, that he didn't even want the credit. He just mm. wanted it to be made. But he, was, he just yeah. wanted it to be finished. I, I yeah. caught that as well. Which he came pretty, across as really good, enthusiastic, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. I really like him. Who, did, really who like supervised him. the post? post-production then because did Dexter Fletcher handle I'm, like the edit and everything so I'm, I'm assuming so yeah ah, so weird because it was it was, it, was, it, it, was, it was like hot no Brian Singer didn't yeah. return and I don't think he'll be doing any press or anything for it and even when it's out for like a, like awards run I don't think he'll be much attached to it seriously have you ever known a filmmaker outside of Roman Polanski put out as many films as Brian Singer that he can't promote that's a good point yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's getting to be a thing isn't it uh, Do you remember that year when uh, we all thought Jack the Giant Slayer was going to win Best Picture? Oh. Yeah. What fools. Oh, we were naive. Yeah. So um, let's talk about um, something a little chilling, shall we? Let's talk about Hereditary, which you might have heard of. Gotten a little bit of advertising. A um, lot of buzz. Yeah. A lot of buzz. A lot of buzz. A lot of buzz. Right. Let me just explain, because I came to this through the buzz. I'd not really, I think I'd seen the trailer once in passing, probably with you, I think. Mm. I seem um, to remember showing you it. I, I had a lot of critic friends who'd seen it at different screenings. They'd been screening it quite a bit. Um, and a lot of critics, friends of mine who prefer, let's just say, artsier films. I'm not going to say that they involve making love to peaches, but <laughs> one of them in that case is definitely true. Yeah, call me by your peach. The film, not the actual critic. Um, that would be weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they have expressed great love for this film. My immediate thought was, oh, good Lord, this is going to be a pompous waste of time, isn't mm. it? So I went into this two-hour and seven-minute art house horror film. Oh, from- I didn't know it was that long. Uh-huh. From A20- A24. They do good horror. Which kind of tells you immediately, if you know the other films A24 have released, what to expect. Especially someone like you, who is not a fan of, say, The Vavitch. Oh. No, no, I was a fan of the. I'm a big fan of A24. Oh, really? I thought you were yeah, No, no, I'm a big fan of it. So, what you've got here, when I can't go into spoilers, this is the thing, it's all about spoilers. It's not an especially complicated film, mm. but it is playful and subversive with what it does and doesn't show you, so much so that even though its plot, when it is laid bare, is, quite, is fairly straightforward, and you can kind of guess where it's going, you've seen this kind of plot before. It makes you work. To, it makes you work to figure out what that plot is for a good long while. It's and it's really good about it. So, Tony Collette is the matriarch of a family. Uh, the dad is Gabriel Byrne. The son is Alex Wolf. By the way, we wrongly credited him as we said Nate Nat, Wolf. Nat Wolf. Nat sorry, Wolf. Uh, back when it was my friend Dharma. It is Alex Wolf. It's the younger one. And well, uh, they look the same. They do look exactly the same. Um, and the younger sister. And the idea is that the grandmother has been uh, bed bound, terminally ill for a long period of time. Uh, has recently passed away prior to the film opening. We are told in passing bits of dialogue here and there you know, about what kind of a, you know, psychologically dysfunctional woman she was, how manipulative she was, how devious she was, how she liked to get her hooks into people and effectively, you know, bend them to her will, all these sorts of things. And in the wake of her passing, this family starts to fracture. That's all I'm going to say. You need a clip because it's radio. Here's a clip of Toni Collette describing her mum. And then she lived in our house at the end before hospice. We weren't even talking before that. I mean, we were, and then we weren't, and then we were. She's completely manipulative. Until my husband finally enforced a no-contact rule, which lasted until I got pregnant with my daughter. 
I didn't let her anywhere near me when I had my first, my son, which is why I gave her my daughter, who she immediately stabbed her hooks into. And I just, I felt guilty again. I felt guilty again. When she got sick, not that she was really even my mom at the end, and not that she would ever feel guilty about anything. And I just don't want to put any more stress on my family. So I'm going to be very succinct about this, because as you've pointed out, you want to see this, you don't want any of the spoilers. No, Believe no, me, you no, don't. If you can get away with not seeing the trailer, you absolutely have to. Mm. Uh, just because of that playful, subversive kind of thing it does with with... with Conventions and tropes of horror films, and there are little homages. There are visual homages to other horror films that, again, are playful and almost lull you into this in, into weirdly false senses of security. It's a brilliantly constructed film. Mm. To look at it, it looks like boilerplate A twenty four. You know that sort of. We know what we're going to get. Yeah, you know, you know that that bluey white tone that's always yeah. there, and there's a, a visual gimmick uh, involving dollhouses that's, that's quite intriguing. Because that's that's her job, isn't it? She, she makes like, miniatures of miniatures. scenes from her life, and just you, you, you're going to see some things. That's all I'm going to say. Just the film in general, you, you're going to see some things <laughs> that, on at least four occasions. I turned into Marlon Wayans' character from Scary Movie. Right. Like, oh, son, no! <laughs> like, no way, you can't... You're actually going to do this! Okay, fair enough. Let's see where <laughs> let's, this let's goes. Watch it. Yeah. Let's have a good time. It's all oh, bleep, son! Very many of those moments. And, yeah... And you come away from thinking, okay, that was that was really artfully made. That mm. was really brilliantly constructed. Maybe a bit overlong. At two hours seven, you do sit there and think, there's about 25 minutes of, I would argue, yeah. padding. You could get a lot, there's, yeah. there's a lot of air in the cake. You know, you could, you could <laughs> let that one out and, and just cut this down to an hour 45, and it would have been something brilliant. Um I think, to be honest, I would I would pitch it as that sort of halfway point between a lot of the A twenty four films. It has that sort of that that eerie music synthesized feeling of it follows. It has that weirdly claustrophobic feeling of it comes at night. It has that complete otherworldliness and the all encompassing dread of the Vavitch, which we're just going to call forever. Yeah, of course. We are. Um, the performances are terrific across the board. Tony Collette, this this is Oscar caliber stuff. Yeah. This is the kind of thing where you think if the Academy wasn't so snobbish about horror, this would get an Oscar. Well, maybe they're not now after like Get Out and. This yeah. is, you would love to see it with something like this. If she got a nomination for something like this, it, it's a performance that so deserves it. Mm. Gable Byrne takes something of a, you know, wet blanket kind of a husband character, does something intriguing with it. Alex Wolf, wow, okay, I, I don't even know what Nat's doing now, but you know, he, he can retire. We've, we've, we've got we've, everyone. Yeah. We don't need a Luke. We got a Chris. We're good. We're good. <laughs> okay, we found our Alec, people. We, we found, found our Alec. Alec. <laughs> Um, see it definitely see it this is out a day early as well this is on Thursday uh, 14th so yeah I'll, I'll be seeing it this tomorrow you got, you got to text me the minute you've seen it i got Will to hear be? everything um, yeah definitely check that out that is hereditary that is out Thursday it is our film of the week I'm just going <laughs> to not, um, not Super Troopers not Super Troopers 2 uh, not su- super troopers. Not super troopers. No. no, no. I mean, meow of all times. I'm really sad to say uh, it's not. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Stop doing it. No, no. I feel bad about doing it in the intro. <laughs> you literally had a gun to your head. I mean, I was a cigarette lighter shaped as a gun, but it still works. Okay. <laughs> so, um, interesting stuff next week to come. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be straight up front and just say yeah. that I haven't looked up half of the films that are out next week. Uh, so I don't know what Arcadia is. 
uh, for instance. Um, it's it's the jet ski film. Is it? It's the jet ski film. Um, it's a wow. fa- it's a family of semi professional jet ski riders. Yeah. Um, there's a big race. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. That they call the Arcadia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does he star Gerald Butler? He was considered for it. It was far too costly. It's then they got William H. Macy. Yeah, because when you can't get a J-Buller, you get, you get the Mace. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. Uh, do you know what Boom For Real is either, do you? Boom For Real? Boom For Real. Part Transformers, part Boombox. Oh, man, I swear, I was yeah. ho- hoping you were going to say Out Here Brothers biopic. Um, <laughs> In The Fade is next week. Um, have you seen the Barbershop films? Yeah. Barbershop 4. Is it really? Yeah. Are you, are you joking with me? What? Are you joking? No, I've been serious about all oh, these films. Okay, brilliant. Okay, yeah. Freak it's, show. It's where Ice Cube finally perfects the fade. Oh, good yeah. God. Okay, I almost believed you till then. Um, Freak show. Freak show. Uh, it is a biopic about uh, Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> and over... Well, we know what Overboard is, let's be honest. Gender-flipped remake of Overboard is next week. It is Kurt Russell and Drag. <laughs> Do you know it's like two hours twenty? It's It's meant to be a mental length. No, it's not. All right, I'm going to look it up in the podcast extras. In the meanwhile, that's all to come next week. This has been a Caddy Stub Bush for On Screen. I've been Van Connor. I've been Tony Collette. And we'll be back. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay. Oh, hi, Van. <laughs> oh, fancy meeting you here. Uh, yeah, it's an hour 52 now overboard. Like, the early pre-release, it, it was listing on like, IMDb. It's like two hours. To, you know, any old chump can run on IMDb. Yeah. So. But, oh, uh, um, so, yeah, that looks terrible, doesn't it, overboard? Yeah. Speaking of films, um, for the first time... For a change. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we never talk about We that. never do that. Yeah, yeah. famously a, uh, a, g- a gardening podcast. White <laughs> 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 right supremacy world was cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> so they moved us up in the schedule. <laughs> um, for the first time, I don't think I told you this. Um, okay. I, I, I watched Bloodsport. Oh, Van Damme. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. Okay, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so you know. Yeah, yeah. I do, like I've seen a lot of Van Damme films, and I've always been aware of it. Hmm. But I just never just sat down and was like, "I'm just going to watch Bloodsport." I love an old film like that. Oh my god, it's incredible! Don't you find it's like, amazing? As an adult, you yeah. love those like films from the eighties and nineties that you just missed when you were younger. So much sticking them. Up. I do it all the time. I did. I uh, think not that not that I'd missed that I haven't seen in decades. So I watched yeah. Bodyguard like, like a couple months ago. Oh right, yeah, and like that. yeah. Um, one I've got sat on my iPad waiting for me to watch on a train journey, presumably one right. night. Set it off. What was set it off? Set it I off was the girl criminal movie that. that starred Vivica, not actually a fox, and <laughs> Jada, actually a pinket. Um, oh. <laughs> of the Pittsburgh pinkets. Um, <laughs> it's the one that had of, that of, of the Philadelphia pinkets. Yeah. Well, again, set it off was the one where the song was more famous than the film. Yes. You know the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your wife always plays it on yeah, Vivo she she, in my she house. Loves it. Whenever she comes around my house, she puts it on on Vivo. I, mm. I've never asked her why. But uh, do you know what? Like one of these kind of 90s films we should watch next time we get together. Go on. Money Train. <gasps> See, this is the thing. There's a problem there. Why? Right. The problem is, first of all, even before I got Now TV... I watched Money Train fairly often. It was a once, oh. it was like a once a year kind of watch. Now I have Now TV. It is on Sky Cinema all the bloody time. A lot, yeah. It is. It's like, um, Doctor Strange. Yeah, Money, Money lot, Train, yeah. Doctor Strange. Is that what it is about Sky? And does Murdoch just like those movies? Oh, possibly, yeah. It's like, oh, wizards and train robberies. I am in. <laughs> I think the tone is the, 
And Woody Harrelson's going to be in <laughs> Doctor Strange <laughs> 2. Just like crazy. some some like redneck wizard. I mean, always remember, we still yet to have Woody Harrelson in an MCU movie. Well, not that it's part of MCU, or we'll find out. Doesn't count. <laughs> I know you're going to say, I want to sh- shut you down, Matt. <laughs> Doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's going to be Carnage. Apparently he's so. Carnage and Venom, isn't he? Yeah, yeah which I, I can see, but... Um, yeah. So we were talking about we were talking about Jurassic Park title, by the way. We were saying yes. oh, it's too long. Um, well, my my dad was in the country this last week, so mm. I was visiting my parents' house because uh, I, I, I see my dad about once a year. <laughs> and um, nice, uh, nice tight family. Aren't you? We're tight. No, no, he yeah. just works overseas. Anyway, um, we, we, we were just plugging through the movie clips channel on, on YouTube, and uh, my dad saw the Jurassic World trailer. Oh, is there a new Jurassic Park? I'm like, yes, yeah, there is. And my mum walked in as a trailer, and she goes, "Oh, bloody hell, not another one." <laughs> She's like, how many is this? Six, seven? I'm like, no, it's fifth. She's like, I swear there was like nine of these. It's only then I realised I might have driven my parents insane with uh, all the films. All the Spielberging at some yeah. point. But, but, um, I, I never want to get to that point where like I don't know what number a franchise is in. Really? Because I couldn't tell you how many step-up films there are. Couldn't tell you. Are, are there five? Oh, well, we certain... F- are there five? Um, I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty sure there's five. You think there's five? Step up, step up two. I know there's one where Peter Gallagher is like the villain, and he's yes, some, he's that, some evil. Is that in like Florida? As in Miami? That is, I believe, number four. I think that's Step Up All In, which is the fourth, or or is that Step Up Revolution? No, no, I think Revolution is four. All In is five. Which one did Channing Tatum say? I'm done. I think after, after just, one, after one, I think. <laughs> yeah, didn't it cameo in the second movie or something? I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Look, the first movie's worth it to ogle, you know, either Chantete or uh, Miss Tate. Um, or, or both. Well, the former. It's just ogle on both. Former, former Miss Tate. Former Miss Tate. Sorry, yeah. um, Lucy Lane, as, as I know her, mm. but because uh, uh, Supercom. Yes. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm not a fan of the Step Up movies. Although for a long time during uni, we did have a Step Up to the Streets poster in our house. But really? I lived with five girls. <laughs> you know? Posted I have. I had, like, Carl Surprise, I had a uh, Fear and Loathing poster. Really? Because I was, I was that guy. I the one a... guy who always has Fear and Loathing. Oh, you're not the guy with the Scarface poster? No. So was that guy? No. I knew that guy. I'm friends with that guy who had the Scarface poster. Yeah. Um, I, had, um, <laughs> I had the poster for Kiss Me Deadly on my wall. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. I won it in a showroom film quiz. Um, right. I was supposed to have Kiss Me Deadly. I think I had, well, I've got loads of autograph framed pictures and things. And I had a big framed maxi poster of Roxanne McKee from Hollyoaks in a swimsuit. Mm. And it just said on the poster, Hollyoaks. And a friend of mine from out of the country was visiting. And she saw this poster and said, who is Hollyoaks? And um, yep, yep, that face right there. That is, that's, that's exactly great. it. That's great. Well, because if you don't know, and it just says Hollyoaks on the poster, but you that, would think that was her name. But that, that is a, the kind of joke that I make all the time, and it sends my wife insane. So like, when, <laughs> when it's something that is not a name, but looks like a name, yes. I'm always like, oh, I used to know a girl called Hollyoaks, she's got a school here. I do it all the time, and <laughs> yeah. it drives her up the wall. She hates it. <laughs> oh, there you go, you can share that one for her. I will. <laughs> 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 to a Maltese girl, apparently Holly Oaks is a perfectly valid name for a poster yeah. for a poster poster girl. Yeah, <laughs> but, the uh, uh, the Connecticut Oaks of the Connecticut Oaks. Yeah. But uh, I think in the case of Roxanne McKee, isn't it the North London Oaks? I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, but I'm a connoisseur of Roxanne McKee anyway, except for that annoying time when I was forced by relationship means to turn down interviewing her. But uh, anyway, so uh, I need to tell you about uh, the slime and salmon, but I'm not going to. We need to talk about the piano first. I'm practically the same film. 
They're practically, yeah. I mean, both Martin, got, Martin Clark Duncan is terrific in both. Yeah, both yeah. both won Oscars. Um, both got Anna Paquin. Do you know, you, you both watch... Both got Hobbit junk. Before we actually review it, it's funny that, that Anna Paquin, because we, we know the little girl's Anna Paquin because her whole career started. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing when you, when you look at her in the film now, you can't visibly tell that's Anna Paquin because she's so young mm. that... She's tiny. You know where she's not so she doesn't look like she does when she's a grown up yet. Mm. She's not formed the facial features that no. she's gonna carry through to yeah. adulthood. She's that young. How but, old was she? Because she she won an Oscar first, didn't she? I'm not sure offhand. But okay, so let's talk about it. so it's the Jane Campion movie, adapted from the novel the same name. Um it is the story of a mute single mother who is sold into marriage effectively with Sam Neill's character who is uh yeah. lives on the shores of New Zealand. Mm. And um one of his uh, comrades, one of his fellow sailors, Harvey Keitel, has accustomed to the Maori way of life. Um basically te- for- starts to form a bond with Holly Hunter's character, um, basically through the form of a sort of discarded piano that she's tried to bring with her from Scotland to a marital bed, in, in a marital home, marital bed. That'd be interesting. Very interesting. Bed. A bed that's got a piano in it. I mean, I've been, lo- I'll be honest with you. I have been looking at those beds that have USB ports and mini fridges lately. Of course but you have. What? They're, they're not that ludicrously overpriced. How much are they? About 1200 quid. But I spend that on cell phones. Anyway. <laughs> I need a bed for two things. I need it for sleeping. Uh-huh. I need it for making a little fort. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Wait, I mean, didn't you use it to make a little elm? That too. Well, oh, wait, three things. <laughs> three things. Three things. Four things, sometimes having a little personal buffet myself. <laughs> Just uh, some snacks. Really? <laughs> oh, sandwiches. I like to turn it into a sort of igloo. Like a little yeah. igloo structure, nice, yeah, and then yeah. I just like selfie video myself guess, guess making my my like expedition logs. Yeah. Do you have a sign outside that says "No Homers"? No, no, I have a sign that says "There's No Hope." And then when I'm on the selfie <laughs> thing, I like to pretend that I've run out of food and resources, nice. and I'm going to die in the ice. Basically, yeah. I'm Shackleton. Anyway, um, did Shackleton die in the ice? I can never remember. I think so. Did he? Yeah. I can't remember who it was. I don't know. Let's watch like that Kenneth Branagh film find out you see that ruins it for me as well that it's Kenneth Branagh because I always think of Kenneth Branagh in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein when he's in the ice yes with is that Shackleton I don't know I like it when he's rolling around in the green goo (laughs) (laughs) I like it when he's flouncing in his open dressing gown (laughs) yeah he likes to flounce do you know what I tried doing that at home it doesn't look the same with a towel and dressing gown what's flounce to to flounce in leather pants and a dressing gown well that's four years of uh, flouncing finishing school didn't you I'm just saying you know a 12 quid has the bathrobe does not have the same dramatic effect no it does not that's all I'm saying but uh, (laughs) I'm kidding I, uh, How, ha, when when does the flouncing happen in the piano? When does the flouncing happen in the piano? As soon as Harvey Keitel tries to uh, bond with uh, Holly Hunter over the piano, he basically bribes her so that she can play one key of this piano for uh, every visit, every time she spends with him. And of course, as the more keys she wants to play uh, goes, um, the more time she spends with him, and the closer the bond between them grow- grows. The piano obviously was deserted on the beach in the first place. The husband has then sold the remains to Harvey Keitel, and this is how this has come about. In the meanwhile, the young daughter is bonding with her father, uh, her new sort of stepfather. Um, is there a chance this could all go pear-shaped? Well, we've not got a clip, because I really couldn't pick a clip for the piano. It's a good movie. Mm. And I just couldn't think of a, a single scene that... Because so much of it is non-verbal. Mm. Because obviously Holly Hunter's character is mute. Harvey Keitel speaks in short, punctuated sentences and penises. And uh... <laughs> Short, 
punctuated penises. <laughs> he speaks in short, punctuated penises. And uh, and then there's a piano. Um, it's a great movie. Uh, having seen it again, I hadn't seen it since I was about, I think it was about 13, 14 when I first saw it. My mum was a big fan of it. I haven't seen it for a long time. But uh, I remember seeing it like 13, 14. Being, oh, you can see dongs in movies. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Get me Dong Cheadle. <laughs> That, that's uh, that's how Don, che- Don Cheadle in- entered the business and then realised that in order to be taken seriously, he had to... Uh, yeah. He, he, he Don- entered it and then he left and then he entered it and then left and it, entered it's, it. It's an equity thing because there already was a Don Cheadle and mm. so he had to settle on Don and, yeah. you know, it's just Michael J. Fox all over again, man. Anyway. Um, drop a G. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we can drop a J, drop a G. It's a great movie. It's been cleaned up rather nicely. Um, it still plays as superbly as a drama now as it did 30 years ago. And it's it's not age. I think because it was already, already a period piece anyway. Is it really 30 years old? It's quite well, 93. Wow. So not 30 years old. It's 25. 25 years old. Um, but it still plays exactly <laughs> as well because it was a period piece, because it was shot so well, because it's so, you know, well built, so well constructed. You know, the, the actual quality of it hasn't aged. Mm. The cleanup's gone really well. It looks like a brand spanking new film. And also it kind of helps that Holly Hunter is mm. stuck in a time bubble. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 She, yeah, she, 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 looks she really like is. Yeah. I've not seen her in anything since uh, the Camille Langiani movie. Oh, big yeah, sick. Big sick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that was the last. Well, that was the last big thing I saw. Her in, yeah. So. Um, well, she's um, she's the last to go as well. Yeah, she's she? yeah, she. Um, but I haven't seen her. I've seen her in that one. She looks exactly the same age now. Yeah. But uh, speaking more, uh, it's a great movie. It's a classic. If you've never seen it, do check it out and do check it out on the big screen because it's surprisingly cinematic, uh, like big screen style cinematic, a film. Those great big landscapes in the ocean mm. really does work on the big screens. I'd only ever seen it at home. Mm. And Indeed. so uh, I was uh, kind of intrigued to see it on the on the big screen. But yeah, worth checking out. Yeah. Absolutely worth checking out. So uh, what's left to uh, look at? Oh, I want to tell you about Slam and Salmon. Go on, do it. Right. What's the greatest setting for a comedy? Mount Everest. Of course it is. And that's why Balthazar Cormacor's 2014, <laughs> 2015 movie Everest was as hilarious as it was. It took you like a month to learn that name and now you'll just try to drop it in any old conversation. You? Actually, I learned it about a year earlier for the movie Contraband. <laughs> I forgot that that was him as well. <laughs> yeah, because wasn't he the actor in the original language version of that movie? Yeah, and he was like, I know this already, I'm going to direct it. Yeah. And then, and then screw it. I'll take on a universal mountain climbing movie with Josh Brolin and then make sure no one can tell it's Josh Brolin because it's just snow and it's shadows. It's a film. Get me Josh Brolin. Uh, so, um, Slamming Salmon is the, is a broken lizard movie. It takes place in a fancy Miami restaurant owned by a boxer played by Michael Clark Duncan, a retired heavyweight boxer who uh, goes by the, goes by the, the fighter name, The Slamming Salmon. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and, um, he uh, he decides he, over the course of one night because he's got VIPs coming in. He's going to issue a challenge that whoever gets the most tips, you know, gets a reward. Uh, whoever gets the least gets fired. So it's basically the uh, what do you call it? The the Glen Gary Glen Ross equation. Yeah. Oh, his, his catchphrase, by the way, and this is this is seriously Mark Clark Duncan's catchphrase. His catchphrase is whatever mother. And basically, it's it's kind of a clerk's waiting style comedy in this restaurant in one night. That's it. That's the premise. And all the Broken Lizard gang are there, and Kobe Smulders. And oh, that's all you needed to say. Yeah, it's Kobe Smulders in a, in a little pencil skirt and, uh, you know, uh, 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 one of the waitress blouses. Cool. But, and also April Bowlby from uh, 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 Two and a Half Men, mm. whom I'm always happy to see <laughs> in a little pencil skirt and waitress blouse. <laughs> but, and she's very funny in it. Um, the film is hilarious. 
I, I think it's great. I think it's great fun. Let's check it out. Absolutely should check it out. Slamming salmon. Slamming. It's slamming apostrophe salmon. And it's. Uh, I watched it with John Colson for the like, for his first time, and we watched it coincidentally the night before my Clark Duncan died. No and way. Then, and then, so it's your fault. Yeah, well, the part that really got me is I think I, I texted him and said, you'll never guess what, Michael Clark Duncan's just died. And he actually responded with, Whatever, motherfucker. So yeah, sadness all around. This is a terrible poster for me. Which one is it? Is it the blue one that's them all around the table? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's an awful poster. It's awful. But, uh, the movie's pretty ludicrous, but you will get some good laughs out of it. Yeah, but, I will uh, check it out at some point. We'll check it out. I'm not sure like what it's on in the UK. But, uh, I think I might watch it on US Netflix like years ago. <laughs> But uh, anyway, it's my favourite Broken Lizard movie that isn't Club Dread. Mm. Because I love Club Dread. I mean, I, I even know the song. I love Club Dread. But uh, Coconut Pete, that was the name of the character. I was talking to Kermit about it yesterday, and I couldn't remember the name of the mm-hmm. damn character. Paxton. Paxton's character. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot he was even in that. We were in, we were in the waiting room at uh, Mr. Young's. You know the lounge area we, we hang yes. out in? And uh, we, we were all talking about Super Troopers, and none of them could remember, like, the original one or any Broken Lizard movies mm. until I reeled off the list. Yeah. And, and got the Cambodian seal of approval on Club Dread. Yeah, that was terrible. But yeah, it was. But still kind of funny. But I loved it. <laughs> yeah, still kind of funny. But uh, you, ever, you, ever, you ever try telling serious grown-up critics? Yeah, I love that movie because, to be honest, every time I've seen it, I was high. But uh, <laughs> you know, I was really drunk that night, or I smoked way too much that evening, mm. and I was seeing Super purple late. elephants. So yeah. Super Troopers was hilarious. Yeah, one of those. Um, yeah, but it's Slam and Salmon absolutely worth checking out. It I has got it's got a sequence in which one character goes off meds and hallucinates, and but keeps serving in the restaurant. And an entire table of patrons becomes cats. Oh, of course. And he simply carries a large fish to the table and says, How is everybody feline this evening? <sighs> it's, it's, it's. I mean, you make me want to see it less. Well, it's got cats. You like cats. I like cats. You yeah. like cats. I don't like my cat. My cat's and it's Star Sent Heal Down on Earthy. So. Yeah. All right. I mean, we all like heroes. Yeah. yeah. That's, well, that's, I can't remember some of heroes. what the hell his name was in Heroes now. No. Yeah. The main guy, Nick Cage. No, the main guy. The Asian yes. dude whose dad discovered mutants. I can't oh, remember his name. Yeah. Everyone used to call him, what's his name, from Heroes. That's all anyone yeah. used to call the actor. And but, then it uh, became his legal name. <laughs> so much so that he became Jeff, what's his name from Heroes. As one does. So, uh, anyway. I don't think he was a Jeff. I don't think he was a Jeff. No, he was a Sendeal, wasn't he? Yeah. So, um, we watched the first teaser for The Nun earlier. That was pretty fun. Yeah, there's been some good trailers. There's some good recently. trailers. Um, yeah. Just going, I'm just batting through the film news real quick. Do it. Uh, the Elton John biopic Rocket Man, mm. starring Taron Egerton. Yes. Unlike Bohemian Rhapsody, is apparently going to be very R-rated. My obsession with Bohemian Rhapsody is not. Mm. Like if if it's a musical biopic, it needs to be. It should be that. It should be that and the dirt. And I think the dirt is going to be. Friend, a friend of mine asked me about the dirt the other day. Yeah. Yeah, because I've never read it. So. Yes, it's but, it's uh, worth reading definitely. Jackie Chan and John Cena are teaming up. Yes, please. For Project X, not a remake of the 2012-2013 yeah, party I thought. movie. Um, yeah, there is, is that, that. Is that some kind of thriller? It is going to be an action thriller. Oh, God, what is the plot of Project X now? He is a Chinese security expert, and there's hostages, and he teams John up Cena. with a former Marine who's John Cena. <laughs> so John Cena is the Marine, mm. again, Jackie well, he's Chan is Chinese secret agent, so... Again. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly as one does. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The CEO of Fox has said he wants more than just superheroes under the label. I mean, I'm just saying your label might do well with some Mickey Mouse under there, but uh, yeah. you don't even have to wait around for that one. <laughs> Francis Lawrence has got an interesting film coming up. Right. Francis yeah. Lawrence, who directed... Uh, Water for Elephants. Yes. Yep. <laughs> of course. We should never forget he directed Water for Elephants. Um, did he direct the first Hunger Games, was it? No, that was Gary Ross. That was Gary Ross. Francis Lawrence directed... What the hell did Francis Lawrence direct? He directed all the other Hunger Games. directed... Oh, okay. yeah, that's uh, right. I Am Legend. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think there's something else I'm missing. Red Sparrow. Red, Red Sparrow, Sparrow is him. Yeah, yeah, Red Sparrow is him. It's the latest one. His next film, in keeping with the heavyweight tone of mm. the Hunger Games. Right. Of... Water for Elephants. Yeah. He's going straight. <laughs> you forgot that film exists. I really did. Was it Reese Witherspoon? Reese with her spoon. Reese yeah. with her spoon. And uh, Rob Patterson, uh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, I remember because they really expected it to make money and it made nothing. No. Yeah. Really uh, well, anyway, Francis Lawrence's next film is going to be about Hulk Hogan's case against Gorka. Get in. Yes. Yeah, I know. I mean, yes. whew, I'll tell you something. That, that's a Sorkin thriller right can, there. Can he play himself? If, do you know if you could? If you get him to do it. I'll tell you. I would love that. Get Aaron get, Sorkin get to write me it. Mr. Nanny. Oh, oh, yes, that would work. <laughs> um, yeah, get 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 Sorko to do it. Speaking of uh, Sorkin, because it ties into uh, an actor that we uh, what, we love dearly. What is Richard Schiff doing right now? I was going to say about John John Goodman actually, because I think I think John Goodman was in the last week. <gasps> oh, I know what this is. Yeah. So a John Goodman film is being remade, and I I can't figure out why. Flintstones. No, ne- neither can I. Because it's great. Arachnophobia. Yeah. Why? I love that film. Why? It I, holds up. That, that film is on Now TV. I yes. Might, I might watch it. I, I, I watch it every other day. When I'm not like at screenings and things, I'm looking at Jeff Daniels. <laughs> I say, no, I, I work at home, so I have Now TV on in the background all day long. Mm. So I see a lot of the same movies. I mean, I'm working, obviously, but I just see a lot of movies in the background all the time. Arachnophobia, I see a lot of. And you do watch it. It's a great film. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it reminds us of a time when Julian Sands was a plausible Hollywood star. Yes. Let's never, ever forget that that happened. Mm. Who is uh, producing this, though? It's funny you would ask that, almost specifically, like it had an impressive person producing it. Mm. Hmm. I wonder who it could be. Who is important in the world of horror films? Could it be... <laughs> Conjuring producer James Wan. Cool. There we are. Okay. So, <laughs> James Wan's James, doing... James Wan? James Wan? James Wan? Jim, I always say James Wan. Jimmy, Jimmy Wan. I always, I always say it like Wan. Yeah, no. okay, yeah. We're, we're doing that scene from Sisters now, aren't we? Yes, we are. It's Hey Wan. Hey Wan. <laughs> I love that. How many times have you seen that film now? Oh, good Lord. Yes, now TV again. On all the time. I mean, I love it. And, and I'll never, ever stop. I, I saw, well, we saw that together, didn't we? We did, yeah. Time. I will never not enjoy watching Tina Fey and Amy Poehler do that dance. Yes. In the chunky oversized sneakers. And, yeah. I, and I, I guess John Cena. Yeah, exactly. John Cena just, is great in that. I just want to cuddle everyone in that film. Yeah. And Bobby Moynihan. Bobby Moynihan. One of my favourite Rick and Morty things is when there's like the knockoff of Saturday Night Live. Yes. It's like all like the random people. And then... <laughs> And finally, Bobby Moynihan. That <laughs> piece of bread and Bobby Moynihan hate one another. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did I just uh, think of? Oh, that was one. Um, so, yes, Arachnophobia is getting remade. Um, <laughs> I saw a great tweet about it, actually, which was, there's no director, cast, or writer attached to it yet. And someone tweeted out, what, so they just got like 20,000 spiders just sat there? <laughs> like, that's, that's interesting. Let's go. 
You just know there's some spider wrangler in Hollywood literally sat staring at his unringing mm. phone right now. Yeah. Like, I am the largest collector of Venezuelan spiders in the United States. <laughs> if it's all live-action ones as well, amazing. I know. Yes. Well, I think because in the original, they were mostly live-action, weren't they? They were just they were just shot in a certain way that made them look bigger and more threatening. Yes. And then the main spider, the yeah. queen, was the it? Queen, the yeah. mother? That was animatronic. Yes. And it was cutting edge one. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It was like when you see like the alligator in Jumanji. Oh, God. <laughs> it's got like some guy in it. <laughs> Dude, it's like when you see the alligator in, what's that one? Lake Placid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good God. Lake Placid. Oh, they made a franchise out of that. Yeah, they did. How? I mean, I'm not surprised it stars David Hasselhoff at a point, but, you yeah. know. Going go from Pullman to Hasselhoff. <laughs> so you've lost it. But yeah, another news this week. Gal Gadot got cast as the female lead opposite Dwayne Johnson in Red Notice, his new action comedy uh, from Rawson Marshall Thurber, who yes. made... Make Central Intelligence. He did. He, he made did. Dodgeball. He made... He did. Uh, Weather Millers, which I quite like. Actually, I like We're the Millers. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to watch about it again sometime. I too have no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> How often have you used that, that gif? Quite a bit. <laughs> um, it's a good gif. He's done uh, uh, Skyscraper, his new one. Oh, he has, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So I think they've got something of the partnership. Which, interestingly, doesn't have a week of release pressure. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I'm sure there's nothing wrong with it. No. I'm sure no. it'll be good. I'm sure there's absolutely no reason that you wouldn't want critics to see a $200 million Dwayne Johnson diehard on fire Skyscraper movie. Yeah. So. I mean, the poster's got him leaping from a crane to a building with one leg. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, I'm, you had me at that. You, set, you, you sold me a film, so... <laughs> oh, oh, that was it. Uh, hang on, you're going to love this. So they, they finalised casting this week on the <gasps> yes. grown-up kids. Yes, it. yeah, the losers. And the guy they've got to play adult Mike is my favourite bit of casting ever, mm. only because we get to say the following words. The face of Old Spice is going to play Mike yes. <laughs> in each chapter two. <laughs> See those? Is it him and Terry Crews? Those yeah. adverts. The two guys with yeah. the amazing voice. Oh, the, hello, ladies. Voices. And yeah. he's Mike. Like, actually, I don't know how you settled on that, but yeah, I mean, great choice. But apparently, like you know, James McAvoy he, he does look a lot like him. And this cast is shaping up great. Well, that, that's it for the losers now. The losers. Are, I think the only people we've got to get, they've got to get the bully kid whose name escapes me. Uh, is he alive though in in this in this continuity though? Because he is, at the end of it one, he seems to die. Yes, really? he falls down that hole. The hole when he's wrestling with him for the bolt gun, he's oh, fighting right, yeah. with young Mike. He seems to go down the hole. And yeah, but seems, I, I believe that he is alive in the book. So he is alive in the books and the 1990 miniseries. He is alive in the present day. So maybe because not. he's been in a mental hospital and Pennywise lets him out. Yes. But then again, there is a lot in the adult years of It that I don't think is somehow going to make it into a film. No, man. No. I mean, you've not got John Ritter for starters, so you're already starting at a disadvantage. Somebody get me a giant tail. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Oh, oh uh, James Marsden joined Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, didn't he? Oh, yeah, because, you know, everyone else was. Well, yeah, everyone else is in it. Why not? Did you, did you see the thing that Jamila Jamil put on Instagram? Oh, God, is this the thing... Basically, she made an accusation, didn't she? Yeah. Yes. About uh, Emil Hirsch, who was joined this that film. That was it, who joined this film, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who similar to the effect of uh, Emil Hirsch uh, strangled one of my best friends um, in the middle of uh, 
Was it Sundance? It was Sundance. Or In front of many witnesses. Many yeah. witnesses, something like that. Um, and yet he's uh, still getting cast in uh, big high-profile films. Yeah. Tarantino films. Well done. White male privilege or something like that. I mean, to be fair, Emile Hirsch, more often than not, is an absolutely terrible actor. Um, I'm, yeah, it's, it's an interesting choice of this one. Yeah. I mean, I do genuinely think he is the closest real-world parable to Vincent Chase from Entourage. Really? Like, I I, gen, I genuinely think, because that series was modelled on Mark Wahlberg, but obviously diverges at a certain point. There's, there's parallels, so the whole Aquaman storyline is meant to be yeah. a rewrite of... I think, like, yeah, I think there's certain exceptions, like... But I think like, it's Emile Hirsch. Yeah, Sorry. quite possibly. Yeah. I think there's certain exceptions, like like Into the Wild, obviously. And... Yeah, he has one or two, doesn't he, where he where he actually does work really well. Yeah. But then the rest of the time, he he's like the def- definition of slumming it. Like, he just does not seem arsed to yeah, be there hey, half the time. He's he's speed racer. Leave him alone. Uh, Tika Subta. Remember her? She played uh, Michelle Obama in uh, Southside with you. That you hated that. God you awful. hated that. I hated it with a passion. I hated it. I, yeah. I, I really hated it. Didn't we call it, like, before White House or something? Or? <laughs> something like that, before inauguration. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's going to join the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, is she? Yeah, apparently. Okay. And uh, I think, did James Marsden get cast in that and then someone else took it at the last minute or something? No, it was the other way around. Uh, Paul Rudd was going to have it and then James Marsden. Then James Marsden got, oh, okay, fair enough. (sighs) I tell you. (laughs) I can keep up with these things. (laughs) Oh, that guy from uh, Overboard, the Overboard remake. Eugenio Derbez? Yeah. um, Has apparently been cast as the villain in the Dora the Explorer movie. movie. Yeah. You know the one in which they've cast her to be like 19 years old and you start thinking this is in no way going to end badly on the internet? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, is, is he playing Swiper? Swiper not the, the thing is, he physically looks like Swiper. Yeah. But it's not been said that he is Swiper. Um, let's just see. A couple other things to get through really quickly. Uh, Lee Daniels is going to direct a biopic for Billie Holiday. Cool. I'm in. Like, Totally, and that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's poster for Ant Man came out. She is in it. We can get that. Uh, the, did we talk about the Joker getting a standalone movie last time we did the show? Yes, but apparently it's got a date and budget and all sorts of uh, governs. Now let's have a look. Oh God! Does anyone, <coughs> anyone want to see a Joker movie? Jared Leto. I mean, I want to see a Heath Ledger Joker movie or a you know Jack Nicholson Joker movie. <laughs> I'll even take a Let's Dig Cesar Romero up Joker movie. <laughs> but I, um, in no way, there is no one on earth who wants to see a Jared Leto Joker movie, save possibly for Jared Leto's agents and the head of Warner Brothers. Well, is, is this the one? It's, it's not the Wacky Phoenix one. No, that's, that's the it's, other one. That's the one that Scorsese's producing. Right, let's see if we can find other thing. I'm trying. I'm trying to see what else we got here. Let's see. Uh, Justin Bieber's going to voice Cupid in an animated film. Good luck to him. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what to say to that one. But oh, hang on, what you got for me? Um, I'm I'm trying to find the date. I'm sure I just saw it. Yeah, I I honestly didn't know there was a date. Um, oh, oh, he says um, the Todd Phillips one, which is a Wacky Phoenix one. Uh, the budget will be in the range of fifty-five million, which is not a lot. Not a lot, at all, is it? No. No. Um, so, okay, well, let's go with this this final bombshell to go out on this week, then. So, we know we've got that Willy Wonka movie coming. Oh, yeah. 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 Looking at you, know the, you know the news as well. So, there's casting. There's a casting shortlist, isn't there? There's people they would like. Yes. And they include Ryan Gosling, who I do think probably will get it. Yeah, definitely. I think of everyone named. There was Ryan Gosling, there was Donald Glover, and there was someone else. Uh, Ezra Miller. Is it Ezra Miller? It is. Yes, it is. If it's Ezra Miller, 
Warner Brothers have basically given him all the franchises. Effectively, yes. He's, he's in them all, isn't he, then? Um, I don't want him to be Ezra Miller because I don't think he's good enough for... I think he's. I think he's a great actor. Just be, just on seeing, we need to talk about Kevin. But I don't. Yeah. I don't want different to see him as Willy do different Wonka. Different things, don't they? Like, yeah. You know, Joey Depp was better at other things. He wasn't a very good Willy yeah. Wonka. Like Michelle Rodriguez, she's great at being like a spunky, like hard edged rough mm-hmm. tumble Latina lady. Um, Cannot play a uh, member of the United States uh, Supreme Court. No, I mean, yeah. actually, she is really good at being like a hard edged rough and tumble L.A. Latina lady. Like she's she she does one thing. <laughs> She does want that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't buy her playing like a Norwegian plumber. You know? Oh, I would love to see that. I mean, I would. I would, yeah. I would love to see it. But there's, there's not enough temple films about Norwegian plumbers. So here's my issue with this news. Right. So it's going to be Gosling. Clearly, it's going to be Gosling. Because also, Ryan Gosling has never really had a franchise. He doesn't do these kind of films. He doesn't do these kind of films. And no. someone like Willy Wonka, which isn't really an existing franchise. He, he was looked at to be uh, Rick Flagg in uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think a lot of people were, were looked at and then signed up. I think. <laughs> yeah, and then that role was reduced. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, look at that role in that movie that Scott Eastwood has, which I went and counted. Yeah. Has four lines of dialogue. Yes, I counted. That's terrible. That's the son of Eastwood, man. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, sorry, that's off topic. That's my Scott Eastwood complex. But here's my thing: if you give it to Ryan Gosling, you're getting. Same old thing, right? At best, you get a Gene Wilder impersonation, right? Really? I don't know. I think he'll bring someone else to it. Maybe. But, or he'll use his internet mystique that he's cultivated over the last few years, you know, his hangdog expression. I, what I you're trying to say that. is, he'll be white. No, 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 no. no. I'm All just right. trying to say, you kind of know what you're going to get if it's Ryan Gosling. My thing is, give it to Donald Glover. Let's go nuts. Dude, you might as well. Yeah. It's it's not an existing franchise. It's a new thing. You're going to piss off the people who are fans of Gene Wilder and Joy Depp anyway. Yeah, so completely... So, go yeah. the other way, yeah. Go the other way. Give it to someone that is having, like, a giant moment. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Give, give, I mean, that's as, might as well. How imaginative is it to say, hey, you, who, you know, you're really good with your uh, inventive and inventiveness and imagination and making people love you. Why don't you bring that to our new franchise? Yeah. That. You want someone that is absolute charm city. Oh, God, yeah. And he is. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, look at Solo. Yeah, and I mean, we're back to it, but that's why I wanted it to just be the Castle Run. That's why I wanted it to just be about Falcon. And yeah. you could have had a film about equally Lando, equally Han. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would have liked that. It would have been way better. I would have, I mean, I like the Chewie Han relationship, but I do, I would have liked you to still, see you, more. You of, still could have had that. You still, you kind of could have had that. He, he was the good friend. Lando yeah. was the spiky friend. You know, that worked out. But, uh, anyway, apparently Donald Glover is actively pursuing it. Like, he wants That's it. Cool. He wants it. Yeah. So now it becomes a question. Does Warner Brothers, you know, take the obvious gamble mm. and give this new franchise over to, you know, that man who currently has the very popular music video out mm. and is in that semi-popular Star Wars movie at the moment. And he's in that incredibly popular TV, TV series, yeah. Or do they remember that they are the people who created the DCEU and simply give it to Ryan Gosling? So, yeah. There's that. It could be worse. They could give it to Joss Whedon. What to be Willy Wonka? <laughs> that would be terrible. Needs more hair. <laughs> also, I don't think Willy Wonka really takes advantage of that many women. But anyway... Umpalumpas, yes. Umpalumpas, yes. Were there female Umpalumpas? They didn't seem to be. And that is what this franchise will answer. That's our takeaway for this week. Is Donald yeah. Glover should be Willy Wonka. This is my chocolate factory. That's what we call it. Donnie Wonka. 
Donny Wonka. Oh, I mean, no. Donny no. Wonka. Donny Wonka. Donny Wonka. I'm here for Donny Wonka. Donny Wonka sounds like some really rubbishy, like, lock stock <laughs> knockoff. Yeah, Donny Wonka. <laughs> when he's clipped a bloke, right? Puts a yeah. chocolate bar on him. <laughs> it's, it, it feels like the sequel to the Dying Dyer film, The Business. That's what it feels like. Oh, good God. There was a sequel to The Business. What was it called? No, there was a director DVD sequel. I can't remember the title. I mean, I don't, I, sequel. I don't doubt it. Oh, don't, don't even. I, I just remember, wasn't that during that phase when Tama Hassan briefly was a movie star? Yeah. Good Lord. Do you know the early noughties Crazy were times. dark times? Yeah. I mean, I've seen his Wrong Turn movie. Not good. No. Not good no at good. all. No good things. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many crap British actors were so much better, so much better off forgotten. Uh, who's the one who always turns... Craig Fairbrass, who always turns up in action movies. Yeah. Yeah. Rise of the Foot Soldier 3. Cheers, Craig. You've got to be an action star with a surname like Fairbrass. You, you've got to, don't you? have got to be. What else are you going to do? You could be a postman. Do you know who's directing the Willy Wonka film? Uh, no, it's written on here, but... Uh... Oh, is that... Is it... Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, go on. Yes. It's Paul King, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> who did um, The Paddingtons? Yes, he did. He did The Paddingtons. So, who, is, who is the brother of Superhands? I was going to say that yeah. about, about it, because I, I always see his name written down, and I was going to say, I always think he's Matt King. Matt King, no, it's... But it's, he's his brother, isn't he? Yeah, and obviously... Superhands backing is in Paddington. He cameos, doesn't he, a couple of times? In both With, of them, I think, doesn't he? I don't know if he's in the second one. He's definitely in the first one, because it's one of oh, my favourite bits. Oh, ever. no, I don't remember him in the first one, but I remember him in the second. So he, I think he both. is in both. The bit in the first one, he's he's like a thief, like a burglar, and he steals something from a shop, and he gets like pursued by Paddington by by mistake. And it's absolutely genius. He's, he's in a car, yeah. and there's like a sat-nav, and the sat-nav tells him to bear right. And yes. he looks up, and, there's a, and Paddington's like to the right <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I love those Paddington movies so man. much. Um, we need to talk about a trailer before we go this week. Go on. So, um, this is the trailer, There's of course, so for Halloween. Oh, all right, Which yeah. came out at the end of last week, mm. and I could not be more excited. Yeah, I am in. I'm I'm absolutely in. First of all, it's it looks like it's a proper horror film. It's surprisingly meta. They almost immediately shoot down the uh, Mike Myers being Laurie Strode's brother mm. thing from the other. I love sequels. how it opens. Remember, yeah. Remember, yeah. I thought it looked because it opens with a prolonged sequence, doesn't it, of a, a prison yard? Yeah. And I was intrigued enough by that. At that point, I'm mm. this guy holding the mask, and I'm. Do you just, know what it is? It's it's the floor. Of the yes, because yeah. he's got like a whole section that he can't leave or something. Yeah. But I saw that sequence and just thought, oh, I'm in. Then the music started like. Just take the money, just take the money, just take the money, just take the money. I'm in. You play the music, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. And Jock Up, um, Jock Up is do, doing the... Music, yeah. yeah. And how Amazing. cool, like, uh, Laurie Strode still got it. <sighs> yeah. She's got the hair as well. And, she has yeah. as well. I know. Jamie Lee grew that hair back. Oh, that looks awesome. Uh, seriously, you know when you look back on the first Halloween now, mm. um, do, 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 you think, do you think Jamie Lee curses hot in the original Halloween? Yes. Yeah, yeah me too. Just checking. Mm. I just, just wanted to check it wasn't. I think she's hot now. It's No, I mean, but then, because she looks totally different then. It's that uh, that 70s Americana thing. That, uh, I need to go to training places. Yes, yes. And be, I And be alone with myself. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to go and uh, find some uh, some Holly Oaks posters. So uh, in the meanwhile, if you've ever wondered what you do with an Oscar, here it is: your moment of cage. Where is your Oscar? Uh, I think it's uh, well. I've had a move a couple of times. I, I believe it's. Uh, where did Danielle put it? She she she's my personal man. I think she put it. Uh, well, it was in my bar. I think it's now in my office somewhere.